Welcome back to Australian Fund Monitor's Meet the Manager series. Today we're talking to Matt Williams, Portfolio Manager for Early Funds Management, which was acquired by the hugely successful Magellan Group in 2018. Welcome to AFM, Matt. How are you? Thanks, Chris. I'm, I'm well, thank you. So, Matt, you've got a portfolio, Australian-focused, concentrated. Which end of the size scale does it sit in? So the Early Australian Share Fund, which I'm the co-portfolio manager with uh, Emma, Emma Fisher, uh, we're, we're, we basically describe ourselves as a core, uh, long-only, uh, you know, Aussie Australian Share Fund. Um, we sort of go anywhere in terms of the up and down the market cap scale, uh, but with an eye to liquidity. Uh, you know, we're not. It's not a small cap fund or a micro cap fund, but we certainly might find the odd small cap name. Uh, in the portfolio, and it's a look. It's a, it's an eclectic bunch of companies. We we don't sort of try and pick thematics or themes, but we try and build the portfolio from bottom up. And so we end up with stocks uh, such as Mineral Resources, one of our largest uh, positions, and Reese, the the plumbing wholesaler, is one of our largest positions. So it's really it's a mix and match uh, of the best businesses that we we think we can find that are priced attractively at the, at the time that we can make money in over the medium term. Hopefully will pay us a growing dividend stream. Uh, and so we're trying to obviously being as active managers, be uh, as concentrated as we can and really reflect our conviction in the portfolio. So we have around 25 to 30 stocks at any given time with a 10% cash limit. So this is all, you're effectively always invested, there's no shorting, uh, no derivatives involved? So the Early Australian Share Fund is very, uh, it's, it's, a quite a, it's a core simple product uh, is the way we describe it to potential investors. No shorting, uh, no derivatives, and we, and we restrict ourselves uh, from taking a too, a too extreme view uh, on the future by restricting our cash limit to 10%. Um, you know, when you think back to the pandemic, uh, the depth of the, the market fall in March, uh, you know, people who were going to cash seemed eminently sensible. Uh, it seemed a very sensible thing to do uh, in the depths of the of that panic. Uh, you know, it's, it's quickly, it's, it's funny how quickly we forget. I mean, there was real panic out there in the market. Uh, luckily for us, that decision was not available to us, and 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 and, and luckily so because we would have missed uh, you know a good portion of the of the you know the ultimate uh, fantastic recovery in in stocks that we've seen since then. You're surviving uh, COVID and lockdown. I mean, I can see you're at home, like many people are. That's working well. Yeah, I, it is working well, and you know uh, it was labelled a big white elephant, but Thank goodness for the NBN, I guess, really. I don't think if, uh, if we'd had this crisis five years ago, uh, I don't know whether you know, we would have been able to function as well as we have. It's interesting because from our perspective, it, it's almost been a positive. I don't like to admit it being a positive, but uh, we find communication is, uh, is sharper and briefer uh, and much more to the point. But how are you finding company meetings where you actually want to get to see the whites of the management's eyes? 
In terms of company meetings, I think I've had more meetings with management, uh, virtual meetings, in the last six months than I've had uh, uh, in the last two years. Um, it's been quite uh, extraordinary that the, the, how quickly we've shifted online and companies and investors have embraced it and found it very efficient um, to, you know, to, to talk, uh, to discuss, uh, and to you know uh, to you know look at the what's what's affecting their businesses and so it's been a it has been a a positive thing out of this uh, pandemic if there's if there's if there's any positives um, and I think this will continue on in, in the future you know this is the way investors will uh, interact with companies I think a lot more going forward so it's sort of it's accelerated the change and, and the disruption. Yeah, I think uh, this pandemic has accelerated the, the change uh, in so many ways, particularly digital. I think all companies were in the process of slowly but surely digitalizing all of their uh, all of their business, from you know supply chains uh, to all the way through to how they uh, interact with their customers. They are absolutely accelerating uh, that right now, and that was a theme that came out of the, the reporting season that just wrapped up. So talking about the reporting season, were there any um, nasty surprises there, or was it pretty much as you expected? The reporting season was uh, you know, quite an interesting one in respect uh, that uh, what it meant for the, you know, the last six months uh, you know, really, investors you know gave a gave a let off to to companies. Um, and what does it mean for the next six months? Well, it's hard to tell. So we're really in this sort of no man's land. But the the reporting season itself um, was positive, obviously, for some retailers. You know, quite amazing figures that back in March you would never have expected. And so back in March, I think the forecasts uh, became very dire. Uh, became very hard uh, in terms of profit uh, forecast looking out into 21. And what's happened, I guess, is that it hasn't been for many sectors as bad as what was, uh, you know, prophesized back in March. And in fact, we saw more upgrades, uh, companies upgrading, uh, analysts upgrading the the profits of uh, the outlook for companies than we saw in downgrades, which uh, is a pretty rare event in any reporting season. And Matt, has it changed the way in which you invest or manage the portfolio? It hasn't changed the way we invest or, or manage the portfolio in any in any major way. Um, the you know the pandemic um, has obviously uh, made everyone look at their processes, both businesses and investors, uh, to see that it's fit for I think fit for purpose and fit for the for the future. Um, Really, it's been about taking opportunities in, in 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 companies and sectors where the you know the, the market has taken a very short term view, um, where really this pandemic will end one day, uh, and you know looking through that, there's been you know some opportunities, I guess, in some really hard hit uh, sectors. Uh, that you know we start we're, we're, we're looking at looking through or we own currently and some examples of that like I guess Qantas was obviously you know really hard, uh, hit hard um, but the fact is when this pandemic ends it's still going to be in a very dominant position here in the domestic market which is a very attractive market um, 
retailers obviously were hit hard first but have bounced out of that amazingly well so um, now is the time do you think well you know is the market now extrapolating these very strong numbers too far into the future so we're thinking about that REITs are a really interesting uh, uh, sector because everyone's thinking well office is uh, is potentially going the way of retail which everyone is very negative on and so we're sifting through those companies now to find opportunities because certainly the pandemic has changed the way we will deal with office and going back into the office but we're not sure that it's going to happen immediately and uh, you know I think people will return to the office uh, over time um, but so you know we're looking for opportunities in, in, in those sectors as well. It has been an amazing recovery um, and you've described all that very well. There was panic, you know, left, right and centre, I think, uh, along with panic both personal and, and from a business perspective. Where do you see it going from here? Um, look, I think everyone is sort of worried. Uh, so where we see it going from here is that I think people are quite worried uh, about the you know the role off of stimulus the things that have gotten us through really the you know the the, the heavy stimulus from both the federal and, and state governments and, and people are worried about what happens when the banks bring their loan deferrals to account um, you know and, and unemployment is certainly going to trend higher but we take I take a bit more of an optimistic view uh, I think there's a lot of pent up demand particularly in those states that have been shut down. Uh, really, only only Victoria now, I guess. Uh, but there's pent up demand, I think, around the country in terms of travel. Uh, the fact that people won't probably go rushing back to international travel, uh, and if they spend that money in the domestic economy, that's you know uh, over ten percent of the annual retail sales. So there's some you know some offsetting uh, factors that I hope. Um, you know, don't make uh, the, 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 the roll-off of stimulus as bad as what current, uh, you know, current commentators are, you know, are potentially forecasting. How do you think the government, whether it be federal or state, and obviously each state has handled this differently, as we know, but how do you think governments as a whole have done? I mean, on a, a scorecard, would you, would you give them a, a, a pass or a, a, a above average, excellent, fail? Where would you put it? Governments have made mistakes. Uh, the state governments, in particular, you know, New South Wales with, you know, Ruby Princess and Victoria with quarantining. But you know, I think, uh, you know, the fact is this was a this is a once in a hundred year, hopefully, uh, situation, and you know things were done on the run. And uh, you know, I think in in perfect hindsight, it's hard to, you know, you can't say that you can't criticise us. As much as some people like to do so overall I think you know governments have done a, a good job and we were heading really nicely out of the situation until the Victorian uh, flare-up uh, again uh, which unfortunate you know which was very unfortunate because I think we we're on a really good path uh, there um, but I think now this battle over borders is become totally political um, and, and you know the governments should really think about the the state government should really think about what's best for the country going forward, and you know the the opening up of borders is is obviously you know much needed and and should be done in a you know in a reasonable time frame. 
Matt, thank you very much. Really nice to speak to you and get your voice of experience. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many years it is, but it's probably uh, approaching 30 or 35, is it? It, I might look like I've uh, got 35 <laughs> years experience, but it's approaching 30, Chris. Thank approaching you. 30, okay. Thanks for uh, your time. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much indeed. Delightful to talk to you. We we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.